some time in the making, but it's finally here. You see him the beat. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Sports Page. I'm your host, Nick DiStefano. On this first edition of Sports Page, we are going to be visiting with Crystal Meeks, who is the associate head athletic trainer here at the University of Central Missouri. In our second segment, we'll have broadcast systems engineer Darren Plummer, and we'll end our show today with a preview of the upcoming Mules and Jenny's action. Stay tuned. It's time now for Sports Page. So today we are visiting with Crystal Meeks. Crystal is a graduate with her bachelor's at Ball State University and received her master's at the University of Arkansas and is here working with our amazing athletes. Crystal, it's good to have you with us. It's good to be here. Thank you. So as the associate head athletic trainer, you've been here at the university for 14 years. Can you describe and elaborate just a bit on your role as associate head athletic trainer here at the university? Um, Well, I've worked with a number of different teams. Um, I've worked with uh, the football team uh, in the the way past uh, when I first got here, and then I moved uh, to softball, and and I've worked with women's basketball this whole entire time since I've been here. Um, So I got to experience a lot of different teams. Um, My role is is kind of uh, behind the scenes. I take care of um, um, pre-practice, post-practice, set up, um, taping before practice, icing after practice. Um, I take care of the injuries um, and also mental health of athletes. Uh, Sometimes when they get injured, it is kind of um, hard on them. Um, I also take care of all the paperwork side as far as people getting physicals. Um, and when, when they're newcomers, they have to, to follow proper steps to, you know, be eligible to be in athletics. Um, so I do those kinds of things. Sounds good. And can you describe some of that preparation that you have to handle with athletes as they get ready for games? Like, what does that consist of? Um, Well, for football, um, it's a little bit more um, extensive uh, with, you know, we provide proper hydration stations for uh, our visitor and home side. Um, You know, if it's hot, we have to have ice towels, uh, uh, along with taping. I mean, there's 127 guys, so we kind of have to be available um, in plenty of time for them to tape, have meetings and all of that. Um, and then as far as uh, post-practice, you know, if they need ice or anything like that, we're there. Uh, for basketball, kind of the same thing. It's just scaled down a little bit. Um, we have uh, set up the same water stations, um, pre-practice pre-game taping, post-practice, um, you know, if an athlete's having a bad day and they need to talk, um, we're always kind of there uh, for everybody. Um, just kind of whatever they need. Um, for game days, it's like whatever the athlete needs, that's what they get as long as they perform well. Um, that's about it. Sounds good. And, you know, obviously injuries can be a big component to athletes. You know, it can really affect their mental state, especially if they have to miss the entire season. So if you could explain just the process, what it's like for when somebody gets injured. Well, uh, we just have to kind of determine if it's a a serious injury where we have to get doctor ambulance involved or um, kind of a a minor injury, an ankle sprain, a pulled ligament, uh, you know, 
torn hamstring, something like that, that's kind of uh, a little bit more low-key, serious, but to where we can take care of it and we don't have to have anybody else involved. Um, so we just have to determine that and see what kind of testing they need, if they need anything, um, if they can go back into the game, if it's during a game, if they can't. Uh, we have to make all those kind of decisions. Um, and also, if, if it's career season ending, we have to be there for them uh, mentally because it does take a toll. Like, they come here to play sports, and if you tell them that they can't play anymore, then uh, that does do a lot to their mental health. And, you know, it's really important to take care of that side of things, not just the physical side of things. Yeah, and so describe a little bit about the rehabilitation process. How do the athletes go about that process? And also describe some of the treatments that athletes may have to receive if they do end up in that stage. Um, yeah, we um, our, uh, our athletic training room is in the basement of the rec center, so we're available usually from um, 8 to 12, um, other times if needed. Um, so basically they just come in and, you know, we start their rehab if it's a knee rehab and – uh, shoulder, any kind of rehab needed, uh, any kind of treatment. We have all kinds of modalities that we use, um, electric stem, ultrasound. Um, we use some uh, Graston, which is some scraping techniques uh, for soft tissue. Um, pretty much uh, we have everything. We have, you know, contacts to PTs if we need a little bit more uh, resources that we don't have in our athletic training room. We have, we're available, uh, they're available for them, you know, to help us out. Um, so yeah, pretty much what anybody needs that we can, we can get it figured out. Sounds great. Now we're going to talk a little bit about your role personally as the associate head athletic trainer here at the university. Can you describe to me some of the pros and also the cons of your role here at the university? Um, I would say a pro is, you know, you meet a lot of people, um, especially throughout the 14 years. You know, you meet a lot of athletes um, of all different kind of personalities, and you kind of get, get a feel and get to know um, how to deal with those. Um, you, know, some, you know, some people don't get very, aren't very happy with you when you tell them they can't play, so you kind of have to deal with all of that, um, which is also a con also. Um, but um, as far as... Uh, you're kind of the first person there when they get hurt. Um, I kind of look like look to that as a pro. Um, so you kind of have to have good people skills and like be compassionate and like be able to talk to them and you know because they're definitely going to be upset. Um, a con would be uh, it, you know if when they do get hurt, if they do get hurt, then you're having to tell them that you know they can't play anymore or you know, they're going to be out a little while and, you know, that's not good. You develop these relationships and you want them to succeed, but, you know, here you are telling them that they can't play and it's kind of like, you know, that love-hate relationship, like, you know, they love you and then they hate you and then they love you again. But um, in the end, you know, it's been fine as far as me getting along with athletes. There's been no issues there. Sounds good. And then what made you want to take on this role here, specifically at UCM? Describe that. Um, well, honestly, I'm from a small town in Indiana, and I found this job um, on our NATA uh, job site, an athletic training job site, um, back back in the day. And um, I, you know, it wasn't too far from home, so I p applied. And just over the years, I've begun to like it and been very invested in the Mule and the Jennies. 
Um, and, you know, I, just because I don't work with every single team, of course, I would want all of our team to succeed um, and will help out any sport that's needed. Um, and I don't know, it's just been great. We have just such a family atmosphere and um, within, within athletics. Sounds great. And just some uh, also some a few more questions here on this episode of Sports Page, this first segment. Who is someone that has been influential in your career and in what way, if you could really elaborate on that? Um, I would have to say um, my athletic trainer um, for men's basketball at um, the University of Arkansas when I worked with him. Um, uh, he's long retired now, but uh, his name's Dave England. He was a very good role model. Um, I was actually the first female to be able to work with men's basketball um, at um, University of Arkansas. So I kind of got, you know, it was brand new to everybody and I got to prove myself and um, it was a lot of fun working with D1 Athletics um, and all the guys, you know, uh, respected me and, you know, it was it was a fun time to learn. D1 Athletics is intense. I did, le- did learn that. It was a lot of politics also. Um, but yeah, he, he really kind of molded me into who I was who I am today. Um, also, I look up to uh, Kelly Quinlan. She uh, used to be the head athletic trainer at Northwest. Um, they're in our conference, yes, but um, just looking up to her being the head athletic trainer, being a female and taking on that role as far as football, um, it's, uh, you know, it's very inspiring to me because um, obviously my goal is to be um, that in that role someday, hopefully soon. Um, and so looking up to her, I, you know, she has five kids, so, um, and she was able to balance everything. So it was, you know, really nice to see a female in that, that big role. And, you know, Crystal, I wanted to ask a follow-up as well that I wasn't even going to plan on asking, but, you know, you said there was a lot of politics involved. Did politics ever get in the way of your career? And if so, or if not, describe that. Um, I wouldn't say my career, no. Um, I was kind of, you know, just a student, and I just, you know, would see, you know, like just D1 athletics is a a whole different game. Um, Here, no, it's definitely not like that. Um, It's just a whole different world, I think, in D1. Um, You just have to balance all the 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 higher-up people that kind of are somewhat in charge or think they're in charge and – you know, here it's kind of more, you know, better hierarchy as far as who's in charge and, you know, everybody works together. Sounds good. And then obviously, you know, there might be some students that graduate from here or other universities that might want to apply for this position that you're doing. So I was just going to ask you, what sort of advice would you have for a student that might be interested in getting involved in this career of like athletic training, whether it's a head, associate, assistant, like just describe what advice you'd give to those students that are wanting to join? Um, I would say just um, be prepared for long hours, uh, weekend travel. Um, uh, I mean, the pay isn't as good for the hours that we work, but I think when we have athletes that are successful, it's it's it kind of rewards you in that way. So you kind of have to go into that mindset as far as, you know, maybe it's not all about money. Obviously, you need money to survive. But as far as um, you build so many relationships, so many athletes come and go um, that you watch them grow up, have kids um, and just become, you know, 
you know, full-fledged adults, and it's so great to see that. Um, so I would just say just be prepared for, for the long hours, but it's definitely rewarding. Sounds good. And is there anything else you want to tell me here during this interview? Um, I just think that uh, UCM Athletics is a great place. Um, I work with some great athletes, um, very respectful um, I, I really enjoy, enjoy every day when that I get, that I get to work with them. Uh, the football team was great this year. Um, as far as, you know, it's, was great working with them. They're such nice guys. So I just hope that continues. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for being here this week, Crystal. Um, on our first segment of sports page, when we come back, we'll be visiting with Darren Plummer, the broadcast systems engineer here at UCM. But meanwhile, you're listening to sports page right here on UCM, the beat. We have so much to celebrate in Division II, but we're especially proud of our commitment to make a wish. Division II student athletes have led a 10-year initiative to raise funds and help grant wishes of children with life-threatening medical conditions. Nearly $3 million have been raised, and hundreds of children's wishes have been granted. We play hard, we work hard, and we support others in need. Why? It's simple. Because we care. So we're back here on Sports Page. My guest here joining us is Darren Plummer. He's the broadcast systems engineer here at UCM. This is Sports Page here on UCM, the beat for segment two of this show. So, Darren, thank you for being here today. Oh, absolutely. Glad to be here. Yeah, so uh, you've been the broadcast engineer here. And uh, I was just going to ask you, um, just describe uh, and elaborate on your role here at UCM as broadcast systems engineer. You've done so much good work and important work for the university. So if you could just elaborate on that role for us here. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate those kind words, the checks in the mail for that. I appreciate that. Uh, You know, uh, I was hired on in 2011 as uh, engineer two, which was an hourly position. Uh, At the time, we weren't really involved in sports broadcasting. We were mainly just doing some studio shows. We had the broadcast labs that uh, we have a lot of gear in and then our checkout equipment. And then we very quickly after I started picked up the sports broadcasting and, and doing Uh, all the things that that entails. And it didn't take long for them to realize that they couldn't afford to pay me overtime to do those things. So they they bumped me up to a salary position. And so now, uh, you know, I'm in charge of not only our studio and our labs, but we also have a a 24-foot broadcast trailer that I actually designed and built uh, that I'm, I'm in charge of making sure all that equipment works. And so as engineer, it's just my job to make sure that the equipment that we have is functioning and it's working properly for the students. And then also I'm always looking for ways to innovate uh, our classrooms and what our students use on a day-to-day basis to get them prepared for their career. Hey, you know, just as a follow-up, Darren, to that, you said you constructed the broadcast trailer. I personally did not know that. That's some outstanding work. Can you describe a little bit about the broadcast trailer just for our listeners and what features are in there? Yeah, absolutely. So just to give a little bit of background, Nick, if you don't mind. Sure, of course. um, We used to transport all the equipment that was necessary for broadcasting from venue to venue using uh, my personal truck. We would load the equipment into the bed of the truck uh, or into the cab. and haul it from venue to venue, from football to softball to soccer to baseball to the multi. And so um, we'd constantly have to reset the equipment up, tear it down, set it up, tear it down. 
And we had some students come in, and, and they kind of looked around, and they said, this is what I'm doing in my high school. This isn't much different than what we're, we're act- we were doing before we came to college. And so trying to live up to that uh, higher education uh, mindset, uh, I went to the administration and said, look, we need to take this to the next level. And to do that, we need a, a broadcast trailer that's equipped with all state-of-the-art equipment. And so they funded it. Uh, and we went out and we bought all new equipment, and I, I put the, the trailer together. And now, yeah, it's a 24-foot broadcast trailer. It has its own audio base, so we can have an audio engineer during uh, during our events. Um, there's several different stations, producer, director, technical director, graphics, replay operator, uh, all housed inside this trailer. So now we just uh, connect the truck to the trailer, and we can haul it from venue to venue. And then we run our cables to our cameras, and we're done. So. Sounds good. And what do some students like that are in the classes get out of this broadcasting experience? It seems like very worthwhile experience. Describe that a little bit. You know, I hope they get a lot out of it. Uh, the thing that I, I always push them for is uh, this is the time to make those mistakes, right? It's it's a learning environment. Um, I, I, I recently took over the class last fall, uh, the sports broadcasting class after uh, the, the previous uh, instructor left. And, you know, my idea, what I told them day one was our broadcast will be better the last day of class than it was the first day of class. And if we do that, uh, I, I think we've done our, our job. And they they kind of all laughed. And then uh, we did our first broadcast uh, last September for football. And I kind of looked around the, the next day of class. We, we discussed the game. And I said, holy crap, guys, you're going to have to really work hard to top what you did on this very first broadcast. And lo and behold, they did. They put the effort in. They put the work in. Uh, it's very time-consuming. It's a very big dedication outside of the normal class time uh, to do these games. And they, they stepped up to the plate, and they, they did a fantastic job. And so now we're, the, we're in the advanced class. Um, we're doing you know mainly basketball, but we're going to move into softball and, and baseball later on this spring. And you know I think the students are getting, hopefully, uh, a great experience, and it leads to great opportunities down the road for them. Sounds good. And how has sports broadcasting grown over the years? It seems like it's been really prominent here at the university and for students. You know, uh, our personal sports broadcasting has grown leaps and bounds. Uh, when I started, we kind of specced out some gear. Like I said, we moved it, uh, you know, in the bed of a truck. Uh, it was a, a big rolling rack that had some equipment in it. Uh, all our cameras were run off batteries. They were, uh, you know, kind of a prosumer type camera now we're in a professional type setting where we have professional cameras uh, we're running fiber to each of our cameras so that supplies power it supplies the feedback to the trailer um, you know it's just a next level it's a true opportunity in action learning to the greater degree experience for our students and so you know we, we've done some some great things with it it continues to grow we continue to push the envelope to make each broadcast better than the last and, uh, you know, I'm very pleased to say that our students uh, are the main push behind that. They, they want to push themselves. Um, you know, I, I give them a pat on the back. I tell them some things we need to work on, and then they make sure they go out and, and do a better job the next time. So a lot of that credit goes to those students. Sounds good. And on a little personal touch, if you will, uh, talking about your career as the broadcast systems engineer, who is someone that has been influential in your career, not only here at the university, but maybe in like your field or colleagues that you work with? And, and in what way has that person been influential? It's a fantastic question, Nick. Um, so I actually started with the university in 2001. Uh, I was an engineer, too. It was a split position between KMOS TV here on campus and the Department of Communication. There was an engineer that worked at uh, 
KMOS. He, his name was Putt Swope. His actual name was Deward, but he went by Putt. Um, him and I worked very close together. Uh, he was just a, a great mentor for me, uh, taught me the ropes on a lot of things, was very patient with me because I was fresh out of college. I didn't have a lot of broadcast engineering experience at the time. And so he, he took the time to teach me and help me. And so I've always appreciated his uh, willingness to do that. He's since been retired from the university, but uh, he was a great influence and a, a, great friend, a great friend. Sounds great. And obviously, you know, we have students that might be graduating and might want to pursue your role someday. So what sort of advice would you have for any student that is interested in trying to get in this career of being the broadcast systems engineer? Yeah, you know, if I had to give any advice for that, I'd say research, research, research. Um, you know, this is a field that changes daily. Technology advances daily. And so if you really want to stay cutting edge, then you really have to go out there and watch videos, read, um, you know, magazine articles, whatever it may be, to kind of stay on top of the new trends and, and what you can do. And also, it helps that I'm a, I'm a sports fan, right? So I can sit at home on Sunday and watch some football games, and I'll take notes. My wife will ask me, what are you doing over there? I said, well, I'm writing down notes that I want to talk about in class and things that I want to try for us to implement. Uh, one of the things that we've done this semester that we hadn't done in the past was I was noticing a lot of the NFL games I was watching going into a commercial break. They would, they would show some slow-mo uh, clips, uh, facial expressions, whether it's players, coaches, whatever, uh, as they led into commercial break. And so I wanted to implement that, and we did. And it's really amazing to see uh, what our camera operators can do, what our replay operator can find uh, to put in there. But we're getting some great facial expressions, uh, you know, crowd, cheerleaders, whatever, uh, that we can roll for a few seconds going into commercials. It's a small thing, uh, but I, I believe it takes our broadcast to the next level. Sounds good. And just for a few more questions here, uh, describing more about your role as broadcast systems engineer, what are some pros and cons of the role? You know, pros would be the people, without a shadow of a doubt. Students uh, such as yourself, Nick, you've, you've been a fantastic student, always willing to, to go the above and, and beyond. You called a lot of volleyball games for us this past fall, uh, which I believe you did a fantastic job. And I'm Thank very you so appreciative. Much. Uh, if anybody's tried to watch a sport before with just crowd noise, uh, you can have the best camera work in the world, but without having that announcer, it just doesn't have the right feel. And uh, just a side note, I'm kind of veering off here, but Nick, you stepped up and did something for us that uh, I think took, helped take our broadcast to the next level. So I really appreciate that. That means a lot, Darren. Thank uh, you so yeah. much. So, you know, the students, the people would be a, a huge pro. The con is is the time. You know, uh, there's been days that, uh, you know, I'm at work at uh, 8 o'clock and I don't get home till 10, 1030. And, uh there's been days that that happens. I don't even get to see my kids. You know, they go to school before uh, uh, I get out of the shower or whatever, and they're in bed by the time I get home. And so that would be the biggest con is just the time uh, and, um, you know, away from the family that it, that this type of career takes. And so um, fortunately, the pros outweigh the cons uh, at this moment in my career. So, uh, you know, we're, we're just we're going to continue trucking on. Sounds good. And then is there anything else you want to tell me, Darren? Uh, wow. Well, that's, that's kind of an open-ended question, Nick. How much time you got? No, uh, you know, again, I, I think it takes students such as yourself who's willing to, to go above and beyond. Uh, it's a lot of work behind the scenes, um, you know, uh, putting in the effort outside of the classroom. A lot of students want to do, you know, the bare minimum when it comes to, to some of their classes. 
sports broadcasting isn't that class. Uh, you know, those students, we meet in class every uh, Tuesday, Thursday, and then we also do broadcast outside the classroom. So the dedication to this field, uh, it takes a lot. And we've seen that uh, students in the past have really benefited from uh, this opportunity, and they've gone, to, uh, gone on to do some professional things with sports broadcasting. And uh, that's very rewarding for uh, for instructors. Sounds great. Well, you know, before we take a commercial break, you know, I just want to acknowledge, you know, this this role as broadcast systems engineer. Like I've known it before. Like it's it's not just you know easy like stuff. You know, you got to be really you know committed and you know diligent and you know Darren, I really see that in you. And you Thank know, you've you. done you've done such a good job. And you know, we we got to give. You know, I've said this before in my broadcast. You know, with the MIAA network, but we really got to give credit to Darren you know, for all the work that he does, because without him, you know, we wouldn't even have like a broadcasting opportunity for these students. We wouldn't have such a fancy trailer with high quality equipment. So Darren, thank you so much for all that you do. And thank Thank you so much for being here this week. So uh, we'll continue our uh, edition of Sports Page right here on UCM The Beat with a what is on tap for UCM athletics in these next few days and next week. So we'll be right back after these commercial messages on UCM The Beat with Sports Page. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. This breaks my heart, and it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and gives it to families in need. To help, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Back here on Sports Page on UCM The Beat, we're about to enter our final segment as we just had our two amazing guests, the broadcast systems engineer, Darren Plummer, and then the associate head athletic trainer, Crystal Meeks. You know, before we talk about what's going on in this next segment, which is on what's on tap for UCM Athletics. I just want to give a shout-out to Darren Plummer and Crystal Meeks, you know, especially uh, knowing Darren so well, as I mentioned. You know, they both do tremendous work for the university, and, you know, their roles not only describe how important their jobs are, but it also describes their character. They're great people. They know what they're doing, and they've been just a positive asset for our students and athletes here at the university so would like to thank them for their time and for all that they do here at UCM. All right so with that being said let's take a look at what is on tap here for UCM athletics. Last night as a makeup game we'll start off with uh, men's basketball. The Mules on the road at Washburn on Saturday for a game at three o'clock and then back home next Thursday against Nebraska Kearney at 7:30. The Mules are desperate for wins here they're trying to avoid falling Below 500 for the first time this season. It's time to turn the page for Coach Doug Carlskin and his mules and see if they can clinch a seed and get into the MIAA tournament here that's going to be in a couple of weeks in Kansas City. Let's turn to men's baseball now where the Houston Winter Invitational starts Friday through Sunday in Houston, Texas. There's two games on Friday. One is against Arkansas Monticello at 1.30 and then Maryville at 5 o'clock. St. Mary's, Texas on Saturday at 1.30 and Augustana, um, South Dakota on Sunday at 1.30. You know, this is always a special invitational for the men's baseball team here at UCM because, you know, our owner uh, of the um, 
Crane Stadium, Jim Crane. He's the owner of the Houston Astros, and he, you know, really worked hard to invest his time, talent, and treasure into reconstructing a brand new baseball stadium here at the university. So we'd like to thank him and the alumni who donated for that support. So in honor of that, the Mules always play every year in a Houston Winter Invitational at Astros Stadium in Texas. Men's track and field, they're on the road traveling against Pitt State for the Gorilla Classic taking place this Friday and Saturday. Men's wrestling is almost done with the season here as they have their last two home matches on the season. They take on McKendry Thursday at 7 o'clock, which will already be in progress once this show is aired. And then home against Fort Hayes State Sunday at 1 o'clock before the NCAA Regionals. Now we'll turn to women's sports for the Jennies basketball team. The Jennies are a very talented team here in the MIAA, and they are definitely in position for clinching a seed in the MIAA tournament in Kansas City. They're also going to be on the road at Washburn on Saturday with a game at 1 o'clock, and then they're going to be back home next Thursday against Nebraska Kearney at 5.30. For the women's bowling team, they are on the road in Dallas, Texas. They're participating in the Louisiana Tech Bulldog Classic. This is going to be a three-day competition starting Friday through Sunday for an 11 o'clock start. The softball team does not get started till February 18th. There's two games Friday. It's for the Emporia State Softball Classic. That's this Friday. The first game is against Missouri-St. Louis at 12:15, and the second game is against Minnesota Duluth at 4:45, and that's going to be taking place in Emporia, Kansas. Women's track and field is also going to be similar to the men's. They're going to be on the road traveling against Pitt State for the Gorilla Classic taking place on Friday and Saturday. Other news in UCM athletics, Caitlin Peterson, if you guys do not know, she has been selected as the new Jenny's volleyball coach in place of the retired Flip Piontek. Flip Piontek is going to officially start his resignation in June. Caitlin Peterson She's really good for the team. She was an assistant to Flip Piontek when he was the head coach, but she's going to take over his role at the start of the 2022 volleyball season this fall. Also, we're awaiting a new football coach here at UCM as Jim Swoboda is moving on. He's done here at the university. He's going to be an offensive coordinator at Tulane University. More updates to follow on a new coach here for football. So that's all the time we have for now. Tune every Thursday night at 7 for Sports Page right here on UCM The Beat, and we'll be back with more guests and a recap of what's going on in UCM athletics. My name's Nick DiStefano. Thank you so much for listening to this on UCM The Beat. Have a great day. Did you know that the University of Central Missouri has been leading innovation for nearly 150 years? With more accreditations and more qualified faculty members, our commitment to academic success is unparalleled. And we make sure every student receives the support they need to graduate on time and with less debt. So whatever opportunity you're looking for, make your impact sooner at UCM. With campuses located in Warrensburg, Lee Summit, and online. 
Find out more about UCM and the power of opportunity in action at ucmo.edu.